Well, good morning. It's good to see you all. Your Christmas shopping all done and taken care of? Yes. Wow, a few of you. Wow. Further ahead than me. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap up our uh, series here, and maybe uh, you've already kind of picked up on, uh, we're kind of talking about joy this morning. So let me start off with a question uh, for you here, okay? How many of you just like you love the movie Elf and you watch it like almost every Christmas season? Okay, so you're on my wife's team, right? That's, right? How many of you are just like, The movie's been out for like 20 years. Do we have to watch it again? You're on my team, right? (laughs) So like every year, every year, my wife, she loves this uh, movie. She loves Elf. And so she loves to watch this movie like about this time of year, but she also loves to pull her whole family in, right? She just can't watch it alone. She's got to pull us all in. And, um, of course, we've now seen it quite a few times. And we, uh, like, we're a little reluctant. We've got lots of excuses for why, like, you know, you, you mom, you go watch it. You're just, but she wrangles us uh, uh, in. And um, a couple years ago, uh, both my kids were living at the house, at my two adult children at the house. And uh, Angie kind of finally wrangles us in. And we kind of all, you know, almost like we're going to time out, right? We all walk in like, okay, we're going to do this, right? We go and we, we sit down and the movie starts playing, right? And Angie, of course, like she is, she, you know, she starts laughing, you know, before the lines are even delivered because she's got the whole movie memorized on this thing. And we're all just like, okay, like we're doing this thing. You know, I'm like, okay, we're going to do this for mom, right? We're doing this you know, mom. And you know, there's this, but I've got to admit, there's like this endearing quality to Buddy the Elf. And if you've never seen the movie, you should go see it. I recommend it, right? Um, uh, He's got like this childlike quality. He's this grown man or grown elf, whatever he is. And yet there's this like like childish quality to him that he goes, right? He just kind of goes through life and there's this naive kind of uh, playful spirit that he has. He is all about joy, right? In everything. And he does it with such beautiful innocence uh, in everything that uh, he does. And that's part of what, you know, makes it funny. But of course, as the movie goes through, everyone's just like, you know, you got to mature, you got to grow up, you got to see this differently. And he like, but that's not him. Like he just keeps going through life with this like childhood uh, kind of beauty. Um, And he finds a way to see like goodness or joy in just about like, just he sees delight in unrestrained uh, ways, unless, unless you're like a fake Santa Claus. And then, you know, then he, you know, accuses you of sitting on a throne of lies, right? Um, And so uh, you watch this and there's something about joy that comes through in this uh, that, that is really telling um, because when that childlike quality comes through, there's something that you begin to realize that there, there's a quality to kids that they understand how to delight in things with, without really worrying about what other people might think or what's going on around them. They're good at just enjoying things. Um, I noticed this with my son Chandler when he was really young. <clears throat> in fact, Angie and I would laugh about this. When he was really young, one day we were going into the grocery store and they had the automatic doors. And he realized that like, he was like running up to like push the doors open. And before he got there, they just opened up and he stopped and he was just like, 
oh, it's like doors that just open. And we explained it to him and he's like, and then the doors open and from then on, it was just like, wow, doors that open automatically. And at first we were like, yeah, it's just how it works, right? But then it became this thing that wherever we went, like he was looking for doors that would open automatically. And I swear, like he derived more joy over his early years of life, just with doors, just like automatic doors, just opening up. But that's like that childlike kind of thing faith uh, that you see. And like, and you know, sitting there like watching Buddy the Elf, it was that same kind of thing. And so when you think about joy, when we think about joy this morning, here's how I want you to think about it. Um, It's simply delight without restraint, just taking it in, right? I think about my wife watching Elf and the three of us, we're kind of like, you know, gosh, you know, just like, it, this is too silly. This is too goofy. We already know the lines, right? Like, just, and we're coming with all the excuses and, you know, you get busy, right? And you get busy and there's, you just think about all the th- other things you'd want to do. And Angie just like keep pulling us in and just saying, no, let's pause and be a family. Let's just laugh together. And it's just like, I know we're busy. It's like, I know, but let's just do this for me. We're going to have a good time together. And I was sitting there watching, this was a couple of years ago, sitting there watching him. And of course, all of the adults in the movie are like pushing back on Elf. And I'm sitting there like, oh my goodness, I know what's going to come next. And I'm watching Angie just laugh and enjoy it unrestrained. She's sitting there enjoying it, even though she knows the rest of her family's mocking her in that moment, right? And then all of a sudden I was like, this movie's like a commentary on us. (laughs) And, And we like... I'm on the side of like, you know, the South Pole elves, right? And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, right? And it's just like, oh my goodness, how does this happen? And you know, when you think about joy, so often we think about joy as that thing that just like happens to us. We don't think about the intentionality of what it means to pursue joy or to take joy or go after it. But the reality is, friends, I think without realizing it, we can slip into something where we just start missing joy. It's like we kind of just outgrow it or something, right? Chandler finally one day, you know, finally outgrew the joy that he once experienced with those automatic doors. Um, And it's like for us, it's like we can get so busy, we can feel the pressures and the hassles of life and we can go through and it's just like, okay, I I gotta get to the next thing. I've gotta accomplish this. I've gotta do this. And we can just begin to miss the experience of genuine joy. And so let me ask you, when's the last time you really genuinely experienced just more than just like a fleeting moment, but like a, a moment you could savor of great joy? Maybe it was a moment where you were just laughing uncontrollably, or maybe it was one of those special moments where you got to just sit back and savor what was happening. Like how long has it been since you've really, really got to experience genuine joy. Because here's the thing, I, we, we need that. Your soul needs that. My soul needs that. And the beauty of the Christmas story is the way it weaves in the importance of joy and that it is actually part of the gift 
of what Christmas is all about. Jesus coming into this world. And that's what I want to look at this morning, this idea of joy. So if you have your Bibles, I want to, I want to look at the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and read the whole first part of this story. I, the part I want to kind of break out some things from the text uh, comes when we get to the shepherds in particularly. But I just want to, sh- I want you to just see the, the, the story uh, leading up to that. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place under Quirinius, the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So talk about hassle and travel plans and the chaos. Like the first Christmas had all of that. When we think about that around the holidays here, they had it there. Verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So I want to just pause there for a second, right? And so you have this beautiful flow of the Christmas story and Mary and Joseph, and they finally make it to Bethlehem through all the chaos and all the things going on. And then the story switches to these shepherds, which is, is kind of interesting. I, I don't want us to miss this. You know, when you think about shepherds, we often think about, you know, beautiful, you know, paintings or drawings or pictures of shepherds that, you know, and, and just, just, you know, the wonderful, you know, surreal life, you know, getting to be outdoors all the time. Um, but you need to know in the first century, um, th- being a shepherd, like that was an important job that needed to be done, but it wasn't exactly the job that anyone was really looking to do. It wasn't, no one was setting out and saying my career path, I hope it, I, I hope I end up being a shepherd because to be a shepherd meant that the very work that you were doing, working with sheep and animals in this way meant that you would have been like ritually unclean all of the time which means um, it would take you days or weeks to become ritually clean where you could go and hang out in normal public gatherings. Um, You wouldn't be able to go to synagogue very often. You wouldn't be able to go to the temple very often. Worse than that, if someone came in contact with you or too close to you, suddenly they're ritually unclean. And so now it's like, Oh man, you know, Joe, the shepherd's coming down the road. And if I say hi to him, then I, I got to spend the next five days getting ritually clean and going through all this stuff before I can go to synagogue. I think I'm going to just sneak off, right? And so like no one was inviting you to their parties uh, and stuff. Um, maybe one way to think of it is, um, you remember there was an old TV show called, uh, 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 dirty Jobs. It was by uh, Mike Rowe. Remember this? Mike Rowe. And was it Dirtiest Jobs or Dirty? Whatever it was called, right? You know what I'm talking about. So um, there was one episode. It, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I caught one and it kind of grossed me out a little bit. It, I, think that, I think it was New York City and they had these old sewage tunnels that were still being used way below New York City. And they would get gunked up. I mean, obviously, like with 
human sewage, but there'd be all this other stuff that would back it up and they didn't have machines or ways to clean it out. Someone had to go down into those sewage tunnels and they would put on overalls and take like these squeegee shovel things and have to like, you know, reach down and unplug, you know, stuff and get this gunk out and clean it all out. And I remember before, and you know, he's there talking with like the expert on this, that then they're going to go down in the tunnel. And he pulled out this big jar of Vicks uh, vapor rub, you know what I'm talking about? And he goes, you're going to need some of this. And he takes his finger and he just gets a big old scoop. And it wasn't like a nice little thin, like little line, like you think of, you know, he takes a big glop of it and is just like, and just like all over his nose. He goes, you're going to want this, right? And then he puts on like this mask or this uh, respirator. And so Mike Rowe is like, okay, you know, and just like, and then he goes down there. And when he first goes down there, he's got the max mask and all the vapor. He starts like dry heat from the smell of that place, right? And it's like, you know, it's pretty important that uh, New York's sewer system doesn't get backed up because I don't know how many millions, seven million or more people, like that would be a bad sewage problem. But how many of you are like, sign me up for that job, right? Any takers on that? Like there might be some openings. Yeah, some people are just like, mm, yeah, yeah, no. That's kind of the role of a shepherd. It was like, okay, we, we need sheep and wool and the meat and all of that. But it's like, it's a pain to do that job. No one was signing up for that. And it's like, they're in the Christmas story? What's that about? And you know, here's the other thing about it. One more thing about the shepherds before we go on here. You know, at first glance, it's like, are they really critical to the plot? Like, could, could this whole thing with Jesus being born and all the important elements come together without the shepherds? I mean, like, you really need Mary, right? We get that one, right? Joseph, right? Like, okay, we get Joseph and wise men and, you know, like, there's... But the shepherds? Like, why? Like, the text doesn't say, right? Like, we would get this, right? The text doesn't say, and that starry night... There were delivery nurses in an ER nearby and an angel came to them and said, we want you to go help the son of God to be born, right? We'd go, oh, okay, the delivery nurses, they, they fit in the plot in this thing. And the shepherds, it's like, like, what's their part in it? But you know, I think as we unpack it a little bit, you begin to see why, because there's something about their story and the importance of joy that comes out that I want us all to understand and see uh, in this. Because the reality is, there's something about their story, what the angels say to them, um, that pulls them in, that I think says something to all of us that lets us know. It has a way of like pulling us in. I want you to look back at the text. Look at uh, verse eight again, and we'll look at the story of the shepherds here. Verse eight, it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields, living, right? Living out in the field. Like they're not living in the town. They're out in the fields, right? Living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. And there's two things that happen here. I want you to catch this. That will cause great joy. That's the first one. 
for all people. That's the second one. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, right? So when this angel comes, right, and then a host of angels shows up behind him and it becomes a thing, right? But the two things about this good news, this gospel news about the birth of Jesus is, this is about great joy. And it is for all people. And I love this. I love this. Because it says something to us about the importance of joy and what it means, right? But here's the thing. It's so easy to be pulled into just a way of being in life where we begin to just miss the simplicity and the beauty of the gift of joy that comes with Christmas. And you know, there's a couple of myths that we can accidentally begin to believe or get pulled into that I think contribute to us just uh, missing the joy that God puts before us. And so I want to talk about these two myths, these two myths for a little bit um, that sometimes we kind of accidentally believe uh, that keep us uh, from that joy. So here, here's the first myth. First myth is this. I can experience joy when the hardship is gone. In other words, like, you know, like as long as there's hardship or suffering or pain, like, I, you know, joy's gonna, you know, once you get past that, then we can experience uh, the joy. Because um, hardship and joy just like don't go together. And you know, hardship can be anything from just the craziness and the busyness of life and the, the difficulty of just like getting through a day or a week to those deeper things that bring great sorrow. But either way, it's like sometimes we just like, when I get past this, then I can experience uh, joy. But I want you to think about the shepherds for a moment, right? Like the shepherds, they would have always been in this place where they were kind of a little bit of the outcast, right? They're showing up every day to work, kind of like going into the sewer system, right? Like they, like their job kept them separate. Their job was filled with these hardships like all of the time. And you can see the shepherds, think about the shepherds for a moment when they first hear this news that this baby is going to be born. It, you know, in a way it would be easy for us to think about the shepherds going, well, you know, okay, think of all the stuff we've got to do. And there's a baby being born you know, in the next town over, like, does that really bring us joy? Like, you can just see them saying, I am sure for the mother and father, it brings them a lot of joy. I'm sure for Mary and Joseph, that's a very joyful kind of thing. But for us, I mean, we're still living out here. Like, what does that mean for us? I think for them, it would have been easy to say, gosh, that's, it might as well be a million miles away because the people in that city aren't going to want to see us coming. Like, what, what do we have to offer? Ever feel like there's a moment where joy's just a long, long ways away? Ever have a moment when someone comes up to you and they're like, Merry Christmas, and you're like, yeah. And you say Merry Christmas back, and in the back of your mind, you're just saying, if only I can get this done, this done, this done. Or, right, there's something else that you, there's just heartbreak in your life. Maybe there's a relationship that's gone south, and you're just like, I, there's, there's no joy. There, there's nothing merry about my life. How can there be joy, right? And if anybody could have said that, 
it would have been the shepherds. But I, want, I don't want you to go through this Christmas season and let any hardship, whatever it be, keep you from a kind of just simple delight in life that God really, big or small, is his gift to you. Like, I want us all to be in that place where we know how to, whatever, regardless of what we're going through, be able to take a hold of the joy that is there. I think that when, because when you look at the shepherds, they grasp a hold of this joy. They grab a hold of this. I wonder if for the shepherds, when they hear the words, this is great joy for all people, if one of the reasons God said, I want them in the Christmas story is because there's no one in this world that will appreciate all people more than them. For them to hear the words, I'm included, that meant something to But you know what it means for us? It means I'm included. It means you're included. And you're included. It means that there's nobody here that doesn't, you're a part of all people. And there's something really good about that, right? So the first myth is like, right? If there's something hard going on, like uh, I've got to wait for that to get past before I experience joy. One more myth, one more myth that I want to look at this morning. And it's simply this, uh, joy is childish, right? It's just, uh, you know, that whole joy thing, being funny and laughing at stuff and just, you know, you know, taking in the wonder of automatic doors. That's for kids, right? And we, we're, you know, we're going to grow up a little bit and become more mature and get past that. And I know for some of you, like some of you, maybe you grew up in a home or an environment where you felt that even more. Maybe, maybe for, and some of you, maybe you didn't, but for some of you, boy, it, like you heard it all the time, right? Don't get too excited, right? Like, you know, you get your work done, get this done, be organized. Like, and it's just, and any moment where you started uh, to just uh, feel joy or cut up or get excited, it was, it was always kind of like tamped down a little bit. Like, you know, just like be mature. You need to grow up, right? And sometimes, right, you can go through that and, and like, hang on to that or believe that as you go into adulthood and it's just kind of like you know that joy thing that that's that's like a childish thing I remember um I had a friend that lived in my neighbor in uh, my neighborhood and uh and you know there was lots of homes that had the rule you know no running in the house for lots of good reasons but his parents had like, it was like a no running on the property that their house was on. It was just like, there was no running in the house. But it's like, you know, we would be outside and we would like get out the, you know, the front door and we'd start to, you know, take off and run. And I still remember his mom at one point going, slow down, slow down. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And all of his brothers and sisters, they learned how to do this, um, this like walk run thing. It was just like, you know, it was like, I'm walking, but I'm, I'm like almost running, right? You know, and it's just like, there was always a way around that. And even outside, and you know, when I was a kid, I never thought about it, but now I think back and I'm just like, and why wouldn't we run outside? 
I don't know, but, but it was like, it was a thing, you know, his parents were just like, you know, dude, you know, slow down, be calm, just like, but it just always wanted to suck the joy out of it, but the beauty was, right, um, all the kids in that family, they still had their, you know, they, as a kid, like, they, like, they couldn't be held back from it, like, there's, and that's that quality sometimes that kids have that they bring, it's, it's like, no, joy is too important, there's something that we need out of all of that, and I want you to see this uh, in the story with the shepherds uh, here, uh, look at verse uh, 15, because here's how the shepherds respond, right, they get this in fantastic uh, news. Um, Here's how they respond. Verse 15, it says, when the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, and imagine the conversation they had. I'm sure we don't have the full conversation, but I'm sure it started off with like, what just happened, right? (laughs) There was one angel and then a host of angels, and it's just like, whoa, right? Um, So here's how they respond. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then I love what, uh, what is said next, uh, verse 16. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And we, it's hard for us in English to really capture what's being said here uh, in this moment on the front end. So some of you, uh, your Bible may translate the beginning of that and with haste, they went off to find Mary and Joseph. Others, they hurried along to find Mary and Joseph. So I love the Greek word here that describes uh, this idea of with haste or that they hurried up. Um, the, it, the Greek word uh, sounds a little like speedo. It's spudo, but it's like speedo, right? So they speedo. And uh, this come, the, this Greek word comes from, it was originated from a early Greek family that designed swimwear for the first Olympians. Not really. Not really. I just made that up. And you didn't. Never, never mind. Anyhow, uh, it, it's, it literally means like, like with speed, right? Um, or uh, to do something in a speedy fashion. Um, it also carries the idea of doing something fast, but with like lots of energy, right? There's like energy in, in the reason this is going so fast. So it's the idea, like when you think about little kids that like just can't control themselves and they're just like, oh, like we're going to run out of the house. That's, that's speedo or spudo, like however you want to pronounce it. It's this idea you're going to see at Christmas morning. If there's kids in your home, right? The way they are going to like you know, eyes open with all of this energy and they're going to want to rush in to where the tree is in the presence because they can't wait to open the presence, right? And all the grown-ups are like, okay, let me get some coffee first. Like, why do we have to do this so fast, right? You know, let's get some coffee and some breakfast. And, you know, know, we got to get the phone out so we can take pictures. And the kids are like, we don't care about coffee. We don't care about pictures. We, you know, and there's just all of this energy because like, they know, right? They know what's going to bring joy. They, and they just want to turn loose on that. That's what's being described of the shepherds, friends. It is not the shepherds are like, well, what a spiritual moment we just had with those angels. <sighs> let's get our bags together and let's saunter into Bethlehem and go see this one. It's like, and they just, you know, and they take off running. 
And there's something about joy, right? That's filled with that kind of energy and that kind of beauty. So let me ask you this question. When is the last time you found yourself running with energy toward joy with the excitement of a child, right? Because that's, to understand Christmas is to understand that it comes with that kind of joy. Joy where shepherds, right, go tearing off with Spudo to go find Mary and Joseph and this child and all that this means, right? It is just to take in, it is to delight in something in life without restraint. Like Buddy the Elf who just says, I'm going to enjoy this moment and I don't care what anybody else thinks. That's, that's joy when it's just like you get to delight, in, right? That's the thing we love about Buddy the Elf. Even when I'm sitting there like this, I'm just like, okay, I, you know, I won't let Angie see me laughing. But that was kind of funny right there in that moment, right? And it's because if he feels like singing, he's going to sing, even if he sings poorly. And he doesn't care what other people think in that moment when he's uh, singing. And there's this beautiful thing when there is something so rich and so beautiful and it brings such goodness to you that you just say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this in and enjoy this. And I don't care what other people would think in this moment. I don't care what other problems I have in this moment. I don't care if this is a little childish in this moment. I, there's a gift in this, see? That's joy. So let me just close out with a few simple applications about how to just make sure you don't miss the joy of this season. Because I want all of us to go through this season and not get through it. Ever have a Christmas season where you're just like, if I can just get through Christmas, right? If I can just get all the things done, right? I get that, I feel that. But don't let this Christmas season just be getting through it. Let this be a Christmas season where there are moments, many moments, where you get to just delight, delight in the gift of what Christmas is all about. So three things, three things, real quickly here. One, take joy. Joy is... It's not meant to just sit back and let joy come to you all the time. There's this, the shepherds, they act on it. They go and they take joy. They go and they search for Mary and Joseph uh, in this. And here's how I would put this in a really practical way, depending, especially just how you grew up or maybe just, just what you struggle with. Give yourself permission if you need to, to experience joy. And for some of you, that's going to feel a little strange. You're going to be like, well, that sounds weird. Like, and it may be because you're good at giving yourself permission to experience joy. But I know that there are some of you that struggle with that because maybe it doesn't feel spiritual or it doesn't, um, it doesn't feel like that should be the focus or it feels immature. So give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to just delight in something that God has brought your way, whatever the experience is, take joy. Because I promise you, there is joy 
for everyone. Because that's part of the promise of Christmas in this. Second thing, take joy in Jesus. And here's what I mean by this, right? The, the gift of Christmas, why we celebrate it, is God's gift of his own son into this world. And what a gift it is, right? To just, to, to ponder and resonate in the beauty of what we have in Jesus. And, and here in the practical side, here's what I would say with this. Let Christmas make its way to you. Let, let the beauty of who Jesus is make its way into your heart and into your life, who he was and the things that he said. I want you to go back to the Christmas story. Look back at Luke chapter two. Uh, look at verse 14, because there is something that the angels say um, that we often miss uh, in this. But it says this, verse 14, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven, right? There's just, they're glorifying God in this moment. And then they say, I love this next line. And on earth, Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Part of the gift of Christmas. For who? All people. This is available to all people. God's favor rests on you. And what it's describing here is this idea, this idea of God's favor. Uh, it includes the idea of his grace, his mercy, but the, the, it's, it's not the normal word for grace or mercy here. The word that it captures uh, is, it's what one experiences when someone, um, uh, when you run into someone or someone comes into the room and, and you, you derive pleasure from just their presence being there. Ever have a moment where someone walked in the room and it just put a smile on your face? Is there, like, who's that person when they walk into the room, you're just like, oh, this is gonna be a great time, right? Or you're just happy to see them, right? It puts, what this is saying is, when you walk in the room, God you bring pleasure to God. Think about that for a moment, right? So in a moment where, like you just, where joy is being sapped away from you because, right? Think of all the different things. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a struggle with sin. Maybe there's some area of your life and you're conscious, like you're just, you're struggling in your own conscience and you're struggling, like how to navigate. You feel stuck in it or something. And there's a part of you as you wrestle with that temptation of that sin, it just, you just keep getting weighed down with like guilt or shame or something. The gift of Christmas is a Messiah who, who forgives you who made his way onto a cross and through a resurrection so that there would be nothing that would keep you from him, right? Like, like that, like if you're struggling with a sense of guilt or take joy in this, even if you struggle more, it's to say, but I know this, whatever I'm struggling with does not keep me away from God because he likes you. It was his delight to forgive you, right? Let that bring joy to you. And let me say this, if you're here and you've never taken a step to become a follower of Christ, 
here's a great reason to, right? To trust your life to someone who just, who would delight in forgiving you and making a way for you, right? Would let nothing come between you. Trust him. Start a relationship there, see? It's understanding that we, right, that we serve a God who sees favor in us, which means his grace and his blessing wants to pour into our life. Let that bring joy in your life. One more, one more thing, and it's this. Take joy to give joy. Um, I love uh, what happens in the, and I, I won't read it right now, but what happens in the story of the shepherds is they go through this moment, right? They have the moment with the angels and there's like this kind of amazing promise. This is about great joy for all people, including you. And then they, you know, they spoodle off, right? They go, and they go off and they actually find Mary and Joseph and they get to see the Messiah. What a moment. And then they go back to their field silently and never speak of it again. No, the text says they start telling, they can't help it. They start telling people about it. And there's this kind of contagious joy that they have. And it says, as they share their experience with people, other people are filled with this same kind of joy and awe that occurs. I think one of the most beautiful things that we get when we experience genuine joy in life that is a gift from God it, it has a way of pulling other people in. It has a way of giving them joy. It has a way of helping them to see the joy that's around them. Um, uh, a couple years ago when, you know, when I'm sitting there and had the epiphany in the moment where I was watching Elf and I'm like figuring out the plot of the movie after the 18th time we had watched it or whatever, I'm just like, oh, all of the adults are like trying to squash the joy. And it's Buddy the Elf that is like keeps, you know, you know, uh, hanging on to joy that can be had regardless of what other people think. And sitting there watching Angie laugh before each line is delivered, you know, like she knows that he's going to try and hug a raccoon and it's going to go poorly. And she starts laughing before the raccoon even shows up. And then uh, I start laughing and Chandler and Coley, we're all laughing, but we're laughing at Angie because she's laughing early. And it's just, and all of a sudden it's like this thing. Next thing we, we get to the end of the movie and we're all laughing. We've derived more. And I, and now like, and don't let her know this, right? She's in right? You know, but I secretly actually like this because there's this thing of watching her derive so much joy from reliving this movie, you know, five seconds before each scene happens. It's just this hilarious thing that happened. I get joy from that. The kids get joy from that. And there's like this contagiousness to it. Take joy so that you can give joy. Learn how to just delight in the gift of God himself coming and being here in this world with you in a way that lets you just love other people that just gives them joy as well. And if someone can't handle your joy, just don't worry about it. Be like Buddy the Elf, okay? <laughs>